Welcome to a special season of the Success is My Religion podcast. I am in partnership with the HBCU Experience Movement. This movement is to highlight HBCUs. They wrote a couple books, and the authors of those books are coming on my podcast to talk about themselves, what they're doing, how how HBCUs affected them, and and help them propel their lives to such heights and success. Um, so we're going to highlight these authors of the books that they have out, the HBCU uh, experience movement. These ladies and gentlemen graduated from those HBCUs. They're doing powerful things. And as we all know, success leaves clues. And these conversations will definitely add tremendous value to you in your success journey. I hope you enjoy. Share this podcast. Give me those five stars and leave a comment. Welcome to another episode of the Success is My Religion podcast. I am here with Anthony Stevens. Um, yeah, I'm going to yeah. just go straight to his bio. This dude, man, he, he got he got a, a, a list, of, a, a talent stack is what I like to call it. And I'm, I'm excited to hear what he got to say on this podcast. So I'm going to read his bio right now. Mr. Anthony Stevens is a proud small business owner and father. He is a former volunteer engagement director for Serve DC at the mayor's office on volunteering on volunteerism and partnership executive office of the mayor district of Columbia in DC, where he is located there. Anthony oversaw strategic planning functions for multi unit, multi-million dollar regional impact committee while leading a team with a focus of, on community impact and pro- programmatic capacity building on behalf of the mayor of the district. Previously, he was a political operative managing both nationwide and local campaigns to diversify the electorate. He, is, he was also a project manager responsible for programs targeting America's best and brightest to run and win issue political campaigns. As a professional strategic accountant executive, Anthony is focused on consistently increasing new business revenue and a multiplied client base while also committing himself to enhancing the experiences of his firm, firm's clients. Anthony believes people deserve the best in class, and he understands the power of the people's ability to shrink the wealth gap. He's made changes, change, he's made changing the lives of his clients and the people that mean the most to him in his chosen life, way of life. Anthony completed his MBA at the George Washington University the George Washington University and received a his BA from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, neither of which would be possible with North Carolina Agriculture and Technical University. Anthony is a proud DC native with strong roots in the South 
and resides in the beautiful Congress Heights community of eight, Ward 8 in the District of Columbia with his growing family. Thank you for coming on the Success is My Religion podcast. Man. How are you, man? Man, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, to speak with you. Thank you for having me. And I apologize. That seemed to be a tongue twister, man. The man. <laughs> Golly. You know, you try to make yourself sound big on paper. <laughs> hey, you are big, man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it. Hey, all of my brothers doing some great stuff, man. It's it's amazing to see, and I and one of the reasons why I, I do this podcast is so I can speak speak with people that are are um are leaders, leaders in the community, leaders in this world, in their own world too. And so, just tell us a little bit about your small business. You got clients, you got a firm. Like, what does that look like for you? And 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 tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking. So it, it's it's pretty much twofold. Right. So um, about uh, th- two, three years ago, um, my fiance and I started a small business uh, where we contract with the federal government. Um, I named the company after my grandmother. Uh, it's the Vernon Group LLC. Um, and we provide uh, staffing services, uh, project management um, and training development uh, services support uh, to federal government partners uh, in need. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with that, um, I'm more of a, a strategic account guy um, handling the operations, uh, not so much the day to day, but, you know, uh, w- making sure that that the wheels keep turning, uh, that clients are, are being sought and are being serviced. Um, and then I guess uh, the second part of that is... Um, here recently, I launched a financial uh, services practice um, mm. in partnership with uh, Northwestern Mutual, uh, where um, a, a kind of uh, doing business as or TBA of the Vernon Group is Vernon Financial, uh, mm-hmm. where we work with uh, clients to uh, of all sorts, uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, uh, dental physicians, and um uh, uh, and the like as uh, small business owners uh, where we've helped them to focus on uh, tax mitigation strategies, risk management, um, legacy and wealth creation uh, and building um, and uh, their own financial and business planning uh, for the long term. Man. And uh, one of my philosophy, uh, part of my philosophy is that, Man, we all have to have a plan for ourselves and our own success. And if you don't have a plan, what they say, if you fail to plan, you plan to you fail. You plan to fail. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But some of us don't even know that we need a plan. And like I said before the podcast, it, like I didn't even know that I, I needed a plan or to look into the future. So how, how do you think you came into that? this part of your life yeah seriously i um you know i i've 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 said uh, here recently uh, over and over again that um kind of like a vision in the my life's purpose came to me uh where i know now that i was placed here on this earth to serve others and to have fun 
Um, mm-hmm. And so most of everything that I've ever done in my life has been um, either geared towards or centered around um, service to the community, service to others um, uh, in, in some way, shape or form. Right. So I reached out to um, Northwestern Mutual uh, seeking a, a financial advisor for myself, for my small business, for my family representation. Mm-hmm. Um and through that process, um, you know, they, you know, kind of took a liking, I guess, to my personality, uh, to what it was that I had already um, uh, been involved in in and throughout the D.C. metro area. Um, I'm a member of the board of directors for the D.C. Credit Union. And through that work, uh, we do a lot of um, financial empowerment uh, services um, in and throughout the community in partnership with uh, the D.C. government, in partnership with our local nonprofits, um, namely the United Way of the National Capital Area. Um, and so, you know, with those experiences, um, I shared, you know, some of the work that I'd been doing and my knowledge of the financial services industry, uh, which, you know, to be frank, wasn't that great. Uh, my relationship with the, the financial services industry um, actually was quite arduous. Um, I'd always, uh, you know, wondered why people were not uh, people-centered. Um, it's everyone, it, it seemed as if everyone I'd come in contact with was a, a sleazy car salesman. Um, right, right. <laughs> not necessarily focused on the individual that they were, were servicing. Um, not necessarily focused on the goals um, and the long-term relationship building um, of their potential clients. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the more that they asked me what, you know, my thoughts were on the industry, um, the more vocal I became. Um, And I guess, you know, they took a liking to it. And uh, one of the final uh, discussions that we had, keep in mind, I'm thinking that they're just collecting information uh, to bring me on as a client, um, and and all and all throughout, they were um, you know collecting information to, to you know see about offering me an opportunity, um, mm-hmm. and I thank God for it. I mean, I wasn't necessarily looking to make a change and uh, to take on another opportunity, um, mm-hmm. but I'm happy I did uh, because um, so often. Uh, especially in the black and brown communities uh, because of slavery and everything that's happened since uh, we've been left out of uh, wealth creation um, Mm -hmm. and discussions around the importance of uh, preparing for tomorrow um, and our financial uh, well-being. Um, And so to that end, you know, it it saddens me and, and, you know, it's kind of upsetting that, when someone passes, we are passing the hat or we are going to go fund me route or we are mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're having to, um, you know, scrape up a, a couple of dollars and have a barbecue to bury one of our homeboys. Whereas, um, you know, we can have their systems that are out there um, to make sure that, you know, his his home going, his family, his children, his legacy universities, 
um, uh, community organizations that we want to support uh, through uh, philanthropic works um, after we're gone. There are systems in place that can make all that stuff happen. Uh, we mm-hmm. just have to take advantage of it and prioritize yeah. those things. Yeah. And, it, like, how does one get to that place? Like, um, since we don't know, and I, I deal with with young adults, right? Mm-hmm. Teenage, just about to graduate high school and college age, mm-hmm. right? And to get them to understand, because those are the real people that we, we, we kind of got to um, oh, yeah. talk to <laughs> and plant that seed. Because they can really change it because they'll be more aware of it. But also getting us to that point of, hey, I can get a life coach. I can get a financial planner. Mm-hmm. I can I can uh, reach out to somebody to help me plan it forward. Um, I kind of see that as like the like the poverty mindset is blocking us from from doing those things. Yeah. How do we get past that? to say and allow our, ourselves to get help and receive help in planning for our future? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I mean, um, so the way that I've been uh, running, running my practice, um, again, you know, it started with the community, the community-based side. Uh, so I'm just beginning to take on private clients and, um, you know, and, and service our clients individually. Uh, previously, it's all been um, through work with, you know, schools and nonprofits and community mm-hmm. uh, to teach the financial empowerment. Um, and I think that um, the more that young people, especially black and brown kids, see um, men and women and, and, and um, you know, uh, all 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 folks that, you know, look like them speaking Mm -hmm. to them about the importance of um, the importance of their financial health. um, Those things will begin, you know, those small seeds will begin to grow over time. Uh, You know, I I tell folks that, you know, I am basically here to be a sounding board um, and support to, you know, you reaching whatever goals that it is that you want to accomplish. Right. So I, mm-hmm. I'm just here to help you navigate through life, um, you know, now and in the days to come. Right. And so um, hoping to help with uh, clarifying um, some of these uh, some of the murky waters um, that financial planning could put in. Um, you know, and clear up some of those things and get, get folks to a place where they hope to be. And, you know, in often cases, I run into, you know, people that say they have it together. You know, I've, I've already got it figured out. I've got a CPA. I've got a lawyer. I've got this mm-hmm. and that. You know what I mean? I'm fine on this tip. Um, and, you know, a lot of the times after, you know, we have our conversations and, I ask a couple questions and we actually dig through things. Um, the, the planning isn't there. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, they have an accountant that works on their books. They have a lawyer that works on their contracts. Um, but there's no clear cut written out plan, you know, for their business, for their family, uh, from now on through, you know, five and 10 years to come. It just usually 
I'd say majority of the time it just doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> right. And so when, when we're thinking about how we get to those young folks, um, it's it's literally just like uh taking folks up on their offers, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. um in this industry, um black and brown folks haven't always had the opportunity to be in this position. Uh we were closed out of this industry for a very long time, uh, women especially. Um, and so now that we have this opportunity and there are, you know, um, folks that look like these young people, uh, we need to be reaching back um, and taking them up on their offer because there's not one person in this industry, um, you know, that that offers to or speak or you know, provide or join a board for a nonprofit um, that's, you know, out for self. Um, Mm -hmm. In most cases, those those folks that, you know, extend themselves, uh, you know, have some sort of service um, behind their intent. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I. I preach putting it all together. So like being finances is a part of the whole success plan. Mm-hmm. Like, it, but if you don't understand goal setting, like my, my mission is to get people to that point of, you said have a written out plan. I want people to have a written out plan for their life type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I need you to yeah. get to that point where you're planning out your life first, and then, like, the, the not the little things, but the different nuances of life, which is um, personal, professional, health, fitness, financial, relationships, you know, all of those different things, like, you you need to have goals in it, and you need to understand what it takes to to position yourself for success in those goals and i think that like that's what you're looking at and i want i just want people to be prepared when they go up to somebody or meet even meet somebody like you and or come across somebody like you that they're already open to the possibility that hmm this is this is where i can receive that help that i need to um to further myself in my goals for finance or whatever it is and and that's what i think like that's why i say success is my religion like i study success like a religion because like it's the same principles over and over you you gotta have a goal you gotta write it out you 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 know you gotta execute on your your plan and you you know i play sports <laughs> mm-hmm. i play i play basketball so you you got all those elements of basketball you got a coach you got um you got your, your yourself your teammates you got fans you got uh you, you got um fans and uh supporters you know yeah. those those elements like we all going to need that coach <laughs> yeah like yeah. we can't michael jordan didn't do what he did without phil jackson kobe bryant Shaq didn't do what they did without phil jackson you know what i mean bill belichick uh, like we gotta have that coach and we gotta know where to find it because we're not gonna just be a part of a team <laughs> we're not gonna yeah. get drafted yeah. to a team you already gotta know what what stuff you need beforehand <laughs> Yeah, well, Michael, I'll tell you, man, um, you know, I love 
running into uh, people that that make my job easy um, or, you know, from from the outside looking in, what, what will make it appear to be easy. Um, but my my best clients and the most meaningful uh, relationships that I've, uh, you know, I've been nourishing are the folks that, you know, come and say, man, look, I don't have it figured out. Mm. Um, and I don't know exactly what I don't know. Mm. So let's talk and let's figure it out. And, and you know, uh, they come with vulnerability. Um, and, and it's that level of trust that they that they put in, in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I thank God for, for that, uh, because, you know, without it, um, uh, you know, they could possibly be led astray. Right. Um, they have a childlike mentality. Like they, they're coming from like an exploration of this, this is what I think I need to do. So I'm going to open myself up and be willing to receive this information. That's right. And I tell folks, I mean, you know, speaking with me, you're going you're gonna to get it raw. You're going to get it raw style. I mean, just because that's who I am. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, this is like a disclaimer. I probably should have started with this, but I'm not anywhere, shape or form where I want to be. Um, but I know that uh, for me to have gotten to where I am now did not have to be this difficult. It did mm-hmm. not have to be as hard as it was. Um, and if I can just help one person, uh, one young person get to wherever it is they're trying to go in life um, and help them to, you know, navigate through some of those difficult times and challenges. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've done a, I, I've done a great job. Um, I tell folks when they come to me, they're going to get it. They're going to get a straight cut. Um, it's going to be a judgment free zone. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mm-hmm. going to get, you know, a pressure free environment. You know, if you choose to, to, you know, take heed to, to the, advice or information strategies that we're providing um then that's great you know we're thankful uh, but if you choose not to then you know no sweat i'm here whenever you need me mm-hmm. um they're going to get a partner you know what i mean they're going to get someone who understands their big picture right if you know you explain to me what your goals are and what you hope to accomplish um you know then i'm zero focused in on exactly that that's the most important thing to me, right? So like Michael, right now, the most important thing in the world to me at this moment is this podcast with you right now. You, you see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's that moment that matters, right? And, you know, helping to see folks, uh, helping folks to see their, the blind spots, you know, in their planning process, in their financial health, in their lives, Right. Um, helping yeah. them to identify, you know, things that they might not see um, and ways to account for them. So, like, how do we make up for the what ifs? My fiance is great about um, providing perspective. Right. So I'm always like, hey, let's get it done. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And she'll come in with a laundry list of did you think about this? What about this? Well, what if this happens? And then I got to mm-hmm. step back and really check myself. And it's not easy. It's it's difficult at times, um, yeah. but you need that perspective. You need someone to help you account for the blind spots and things that you're not going to think of, mm-hmm. right? Um, That's that coach. Yeah, That's exactly. Coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the support, I mean, 
we need we need support systems. And mm-hmm. I learned the I learned I learned the importance of having that team, having that support system, um, really at North Carolina A and T. Um, you know that my time at at A and T um, is 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 hard to put in words. I mean, mm. and, um, just thinking, you know, thinking through, um, you know, before I got to school and after leaving, um, it's quite emotional. Um, just, you know, what that the, I'll never be able to repay all that Auntie has uh, and is, you know, giving me. Wow, and, and like, uh, what uh, what what happened in that process from before you came or uh, went to ANC? Because this is a great segue into the, the book you're part of. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that process of becoming who you are now from that experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for me, the the my HBCU experience, I, I, I wrote this in my essay for the book. My HBCU experience is worthless without um, acknowledging or sharing um, the love story about, about A&T. Um, mm. You know, because um, when I've been most vulnerable and, you know, oftentimes the least deserving, um, our ancestors and, and, and the Lord has always sent A&T to lift me up. Right. Um, before North Carolina a and I really didn't feel as I didn't really feel feel like I had focus or, or purpose even. Um, mm-hmm. I just it, it was a lot of existing in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there were a few things that stood true. Um, like I said, my life has always been geared towards or centered around service. Um, so that's always been a constant, um, you know, but excuse me, my mom, my mom raised us on her own, um, Mm -hmm. three, um, and my, uh, my next closest sibling, my older sister is 12 years older than, than I am. Um, so there's a, a huge difference. So oftentimes, it kind of felt like I was an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to that end, you know, she did the best that she could with the three of us. Um, so that meant, you know, I, I, I attended a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, was trying her best to provide the best education and the best environment that she could. Um, and, you know, that constant wasn't there. So whereas I've got peers that grew up with people, they've got friends that they've known since preschool, um, you know, every couple of years, mm-hmm. I'm having to to re-up the, the friendship kind of uh, starting phases. Starting phase, uh-huh. Yeah, so by high school, I had already attended about five or six different schools where, you know, my peers around me had only attended two, maybe three except for the folks that were in the military. Right. And so mm-hmm. uh, with that, um, I had to learn a lot of, um, I had to learn a lot about uh, adaptation. I had mm-hmm. to learn a lot about um, tapping into my uh, two-ness and, and the importance of being able to wear multiple hats. Um, 
because nobody wants to be the new kid also be the awkward kid right also be the you know what i mean like left such, out because you know, yeah it's such a long list of uh-huh. things that kids just don't want to be right and so i'm i you know never never was i going to be the automatically be the the cool kid or be the you know the most popular but mm-hmm. i also you know didn't want to be a bully and i didn't want to get bullied right we, we didn't have those titles back then but yeah. now we know what they're what they were um, you know, and I didn't want to have to result to banging on somebody else's kid, nor did I want to get, you know, jumped every day after school. Yeah. So you got to find that balance. <laughs> yeah. And so when yeah. you went to A&T, like, you found that in, in A&T? Um, I think that a lot of, a lot of my life um, before A&T helped me to, helped me to navigate through uh, you know, being a university student, right? Uh, so um, I found a lot of, um, I found a lot of my, my purpose in life uh, through service. Um, I didn't know it at the time, um, but, you know, the majority of my time at A&T was spent in service uh, to mm-hmm. others in service to the community. Um, you know, and, and, and a lot of that, uh, that, that, adaptation you know was was really put to practice um there at ant um so being I, able I to a, yep i i had a similar experience so um i went to a small school or graduated from a small school and uh college and um i was a part of the basketball team and i was so I, I lived in kind of two different worlds. Mm-hmm. I, I tell people, so I li- I was a part of the basketball team, and then I was a part of the college community where I was a, a student. I was a part of an organization. Uh, I was a resident assistant, so I was a leader in the the college community. But uh, in the basketball community, even though I was a, a captain of my little JV team, um, I wasn't. Uh, I was still an outcast because I had so many things that I was doing on the outside. So what that made me push towards like uh, being a part, like I didn't have that, that family, uh, that close knit family, like I should have had with mm-hmm. the basketball team. So the organization that I was in and I, I, I was in it for four years gave me that family that I needed. So I did everything because uh, I, my, that, my undergrad background is I, I double majored in uh, nonprofit management and recreation administration, and I'm a certified nonprofit professional through the National Leadership Alliance. So mm-hmm. um, just being at service was a big part of my life. And once I graduated my master's degree, I, I wanted to continue, you know, serving other people because that's who I am. And later on, I found out that like I'm an INFJ as a part of the um, the um, I forgot the the um, personality test, but yeah. uh, I'm INFJ, which is an advocate. So I do things for other people more than I do for myself. Like I will I will, and 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 when I look back at it, because I refused to take these personality tests for a long time, I was like, man. They'll never give me the right thing. But once I got into who I actually was, like those personality tests helped me become more of who I am. 
so that I can do and be in present present mode. Like you said earlier, I need to be present right here so that I can help those people that I that I that need my help right in front of me. Not looking for the future or anything else like that. And so I had that that similar experience where like what I did in my academic and organization life helped mold me into the person that I, I am today and the continuous volunteering and um, commitment to helping those in the community, no matter what community you come from. Like I, I'm a group fitness instructor, so I, I see a lot of people. I meet a lot of people. I actually volunteer my time to for group fitness, two different uh, like sports organizations, sports teams and colleges and all over the place. So like and, and I do that stuff for free. It ain't like they, they pay me. Sometimes they pay me. Sometimes they don't. And usually when they do pay me is like a surprise to me because I just did it just on my own because. Like, I feel like we all have gifts that um, need to be shared or skills. They don't even need to be gifts, but it's skills that we have that um, other people can use to enhance what they're already doing. And I don't want to add a new um, uh, organization. Like, we got a whole bunch of organizations that do a whole bunch of different things. I don't need to add. Like, I just need to come in and add value to what you're already doing (laughs) in my own little way. So uh, I don't know why I say all that to say. <laughs> so it, about the book, you, you, what do you talk about? And can you talk about what the uh, book is about and, and what you talk about in the book as far as your experience at North Carolina A&T? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the book is uh, my HBCU experience. And um, in it, it's uh, several essays um, from, um, from Aggies from around the world. Um, sharing their experiences. Um, I'll, you know, I'm writing about, um, you know, just just like I mentioned, my my love story with A and T uh, and the origin and kind of the prequel to my HBCU experience. Nice, because um, like, you know, there's a, a constant debate: Do you have to go to college, or should you go to college, or should you not go to college? And and I think that's a personal debate. Like I don't think mm-hmm. you can, can really listen to anybody to make that decision for you. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Since you had such a, yeah. a love story with your college experience, I did too. Like I, at the start of my career, ten ten years ago after I graduated my master's degree, um, I was like all like college, 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 college. But then I, I became when in my study of success, I began to realize, like, you really have to have a goal. And, and for other people to get the experience that I got, they have to have a purpose for why they're going. But if you don't go with a purpose and you're just going to go, then you're not going it, to like it's not going to benefit you. It's not going to add value to you. And I, I like to get students and people just to look at that and ultimately it's an investment in yourself whatever and time is the most valuable uh, asset in life it's not money but the time that you put into yourself and then on top of that the money that you put into yourself is all an investment back into you and society in general yeah that's right 
and uh so you so what do you think about like the that kind of debate i guess uh what made you go to college <laughs> yeah so uh for me it was um it was a multitude of things um i was um unsatisfied with uh, a lot of uh, the community that surrounded me um and you know i always had people um in my family and you know in the in the community uh promoting me um mm-hmm. and and my interests and uh my abilities and skills and such um I've always been outgoing and charismatic. Um, so folks would always, you know, uh, tell me to make sure that I make it to 18 and graduate college. I mean, graduate uh, high school because um, mm-hmm. I got to go to college. Um, I, I, I didn't take, I didn't get a full understanding of, of why I needed to go to college. Um, uh, why, you know, um, just because, you know, in, in, in the community that surrounded me, making it to 18 was, you know, something to be celebrated mm-hmm. as it is today. Um, a lot of us aren't making it to 18. We've got our own community. We've got the police. We've got so many different things, um, you know, kind of, uh, it would appear, um, yeah yeah, yeah, keeping us from from getting to to the age of 18 staying success in general like that's yeah and so (laughs) yeah and and so um you know i knew that um in order for me to to do the things that i wanted to do or or to get away from the things that i was uh that i was um unsatisfied with um I had two choices, the military or college. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother having served in, uh, having served in the Gulf um, uh, back in the 90s, um, it was like the military is out of the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to figure this college thing out. Um, and so to that end, um, I knew that my mom and my uncle had attended uh, North Carolina A&T. Mm. Um, Yep. Uh, And so um, even though neither one of them um, ever graduated, um, it kind of gave me motivation to accomplish something they hadn't. Um, They they were the first in my family to to advance their education uh, Mm -hmm. the way that they had. Um, And so, you know, I I had already experienced a lot of firsts uh, for my family. And I figured why not? continue on and see if I can become the first to graduate college and, and see about the direction or trajectory that um, family members uh, coming after me would mm-hmm. would take, give them additional options. I, um, I said the same thing. I wanted to change my tra- the, the trajectory of my family when I was 18 years old. I was like, that's why I'm going to this route because Nobody had a, my mom had some college, but nobody had ever like really went all the way that route. And I was like, this is the route I'm going because I see all the other routes 
is not that's not it don't look it don't look like it's supposed to and i'm gonna I'm a just try this way no matter what i need to do um it, even though money is a factor money wasn't a factor because of the fact that i just knew i had to go this way and i had to figure it out and whatever money mm -hmm. that i was gonna spend or whatever like I had it in my mind. Like, I, I just had to spend it. We didn't have none. So, like, yeah, I'm going to take out loans till I can get that. But and that goes to the investment in you as well. Like, I plan on paying all that stuff back unless they um, forgive it. But <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and to answer you, to answer you about, um, you know, college or, or no college, uh -huh. you know, like you said, it's, it's also subjective like um mm -hmm. uh it it is uh you know to each their own i when i speak to young young folks um i give them the multitude of opportunities that exist for them to succeed in life without ever stepping onto a college campus mm. um and then uh to follow it I give them, you know, the opportunities that exist um, and, and the, you know, the, the, the way that uh, colleges and universities, um, HBCUs, I never speak to any students about any colleges or universities that aren't historically black colleges or universities. Mm -hmm. I'll say that first. Okay. Um, I made that decision some time ago. Um, I only talk about HBCUs when I'm talking to a group of young people, they will, they'll, they'll get um, other college uh, information and experiences simply by turning on the television. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's always around them. Um, whenever I'm talking to a group of, of young folks, I'm talking about HBCUs, right? So I, I had to say that first. So if I'm talking to a group of young people about, you know, colleges and universities, after I give them all of the opportunities that they can, uh, find, you know, to find that level of success that they're looking for, uh, you know, multimillionaire, uh, family, stable job, whatever it is that they want, um, they can do it without ever stepping onto a college campus. But if they're interested in college, uh, you know, there's a list of HBCUs that offer a multitude of, of, of experiences. Uh, and, you know, the at, at the raw age of 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, the world is your oyster, right? Mm -hmm. So you can literally go and make your way uh, with or without college. Uh, and I and I make sure that I speak to young folks and let, uh, well, that I speak to um, the opportunities that exist without college. Um, because I think that, uh, you know, we um, as college graduates uh, oftentimes uh, speak to uh, young folks as if without college, there's no hope. Right. And that's not, that's that's not, not right. true. And that's, yeah, not... that's not true. And, and it's not right for us to do um, because I've got several friends that are extremely successful. They are very happy in their lives. They are at the head of their industries and they have never stepped on, stepped foot on a college campus uh, besides uh, coming to AT for homecoming. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it, it's possible and we need to make sure that young folks know all of the possibilities that they have. Or for yeah, And 
uh, us, uh, our peers, our grown folk. Like, we we need to understand the possibilities of everything as well. I mean, like I said earlier, it's it's like rinse and repeat. It's the same pattern over and over. Like, you have to understand where you're going before you can get there. And um, if you have a plan, if you have a purpose for why you're doing something, you're going to learn more in your plan for yourself than you are somebody else's plan for you. And we all, all know all too well that society has a plan for uh, black and brown people already, people of color, um, if we don't have a plan for our own self. So, like, so to segue into that is, like, what does success mean to you? Yeah, for, uh, for me, um, and thank you for asking, um, you know, success um, is you know something that I, I feel as if I, it'll be um an ongoing process or, or pursuit mm-hmm. um, i think that yeah so so for me success is happiness mm. um uh like uh, like unequivocal unadulterated happiness um i think that success for me is financial freedom i am um i'm not indebted to anything or anyone mm. Um, and I also think success for me is, um, what legacy I hope to create. Uh, right. So, um, if God forbid, I'm not here tomorrow, uh, my, my family, my children, my university, um, you know, my, the nonprofits that I care for the most, um, uh, the people I hold near and dear to my heart, um, you know, there's going to be, um, a legacy left for them, um, mm-hmm. in my name. And I think that, um, for me, those three things will, will outline success inevitably, um, because everything else that comes, um, accolades, industry, um, um, ties, uh, friendships and, and the meaningful connections are all the things that, um, make me happy. They're all the things that will add to my legacy and they're, you know, they will, you know, inevitably, um, because I've chosen to, you know, make service my profession, those are the things that will help me to become financially independent um, and not be indebted to anyone. So mm-hmm. success for me is definitely those three things, happiness, um, financial freedom, and the legacy that I hope to create, uh, continue creating and, and leave behind. That's powerful, man, because uh oftentimes we don't we don't think about that legacy part of of of, like we just thinking about right now and bro so many people went out to the (laughs) to the marathon store and you know they listening to nip Nip Hustle and they not really taking in what the god is saying he's only talking about (laughs) legacy creation you know uh Derek Grace too. People, you know, talk about him, look down on him because he's he's faced at it. But that brother is literally only talking about the the betterment and furthering um, our people, black and brown people, uh, for wealth creation and uh, financial freedom and legacy mm-hmm. creation. And those are the things that you know. Those are the things that 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 for a very long time have not been discussed. Um, and, and when they were being discussed in the black community, they weren't being discussed um, uh, uh, in an inclusive way. 
Uh, mm. I'll say that mm. uh, they mm. were, okay, they yeah. were, they were. Um, I mean, because we'll keep it funky. We we've you know when we did uh, get access to certain information, a lot of us kept it from each other. Yeah. Um, and so you know, um, there's been the conversation of of wealth creation, and you know there are you know there are families. Um, there's a good book that I was introduced to at at A and T actually. It's our kind of people, um, and it you know talks about um, how what, the other, what's the name of it? Our our kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about you know just how the other side lives, um, the kind of uh, conversations that they're having around their dinner tables, um, and it's a lot different than the kind of uh, survival mentalities that a lot of our families. Um, have and the conversations mm-hmm. that we have about you know just make it to eighteen, you know uh, right uh, um, <laughs> again with that right so um, I think that you know legacy creation you know uh, wealth generation um, is something that you know needs to be discussed in every black and brown household uh, because it's not um, I- I'd say it it's not just for one certain class or of people. Right. Um, anyone. And it's attainable. It's attainable it is. right now. It is for and, anyone. And, and it is. It, yeah. For anybody, no matter what the it circumstances is. that you're in. It is. Think about this, Mike. Um, I'm not going to wish death on anybody. Right. Ever. Let me say this first. But let me just take you through an example. Right. So uh, and I actually got this from Nancy Hustle. God rest his soul. Uh, we've got we've all got, you know, elderly folks in our families. Um, I'll just take. Uh, myself, for example, I told you my my first company is named after my grandmother. My grandmother is a staple of my family. Um, she was the first black woman hired as a bus driver um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, she drove taxi cabs for a while. Um, her family was sharecroppers. Um, you know, she was a staple of the North Charlotte community for a very long time. Um, you know, when 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 a, a person uh, of importance in a family um, becomes of age. You know, we've all had, we all have an expiration date. We're not going to live forever. Uh, what makes the most sense? Um, having that person pass, having a beautiful eulogy written, um, and family having to scrape up funds to, you know, uh, make sure that they have the proper home going, um, mm-hmm. that the house is taken care of, or taking uh, five or six of that person's great-grandchildren um, and getting a $2 million life insurance policy on that person. And each of them, the five or six of them, pay, because it's going to be expensive, the monthly, um, the monthly note, pay the monthly note mm-hmm. on it. And then when that, person, it that when, when that person passes, the five or six of them listed as beneficiaries on that insurance policy um, now have the ability to take that $2 million and put it back into their, put it back into their family, put it back into their community and, you know, continue on that cycle of wealth generation and financial freedom for themselves. That's just one simple example. Um, you know, uh, I never heard it put that way though. <laughs> like I, I, I was just these are the like keys. The, these are the keys yeah, that for for yeah. so long, 
this this type of stuff has existed. Um, certain classes of individuals, and there's people that know about you know these things, but they won't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm 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 of the mind that uh, when 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 I win, we all win. So I'm gonna figure out a way for us all to win, right? And so mm-hmm. um, that's not. You know, I, I had someone tell me that, oh man, it's not like you're taking advantage of so and so. No, I, I don't. I don't think I'm taking advantage of that that elderly family member's passing. What I think I'm doing is respecting their legacy um, by being able to create something for them that is lasting, um, and as to leave to, to us. Yeah, yeah. as as a poet. And- I see is honestly uh, uh, it's a certain level of um, uh, dare I say disrespect to a person's legacy where you know mm-hmm. now that now that they're they're gone you got the family fighting over this and that and you know I've I, I've seen and heard stories of you know a lot of really really bad situations you know when someone passes um, and it's usually circled around finances and the lack thereof Mm. so and what are some words of wisdom so we're i appreciate you being on the podcast and everything um some powerful information i i didn't even realize like that that could be a possibility so you gave me something to think of i'm the only child though you know what i mean so uh so it would have to be like a combination of family members a part like for my mother because my uh grandparents already passed like they passed a a long time ago like in their Mm -hmm. 40s and um so there's no start to that <laughs> like mm-hmm. so what are some words of wisdom from your background your experiences uh HBCU experience at North Carolina A&T all of that stuff that you can you can give some uh on on somebody else's success journey man um what I what I'd say is uh yeah, never give up. Um, mm. You know, uh, whenever things get tough, uh, the tough get going. That may sound like a cliche, but it's it's real. Um, whenever you have uh, moments of sadness or pockets of pain, uh, don't shy away from them. Uh, dig into them. Find the root of them, uh, and cherish cherish those moments uh, because those are what are going to make you stronger. Um, we have, um, I have had, uh, several, um, opportunities, I'll call them, uh, where, um, I could have ruined my life. I could have chosen the easy way out. I could have let sadness or pain, uh, keep me from moving forward. Um, and those are usually the times where I find myself the most resilient. Um, and like I said, our ancestors and, and God is always there to pick me up. Um, when it comes to North Carolina A&T, anybody listening to this that doesn't know uh, what, where it is or, you know, what it's about, um, um, Aggie Pride is more than just a slogan. 
It's more than just uh, words on a T-shirt. It's really a way of life. Um, there's literally nowhere I can go. I've been overseas and seen an mm-hmm. anti-T-shirt yelled out Aggie Pride, and the person responded. Um, and there's an immediate kinship um, and discussion that takes place. Um, anytime anyone is in need, um, anytime anyone um, you know is uh, uh, advancing, the the community is there to support. Um, mm-hmm. North Carolina A&T is is a you know it, it means it means a lot a lot to a, a lot of people uh, and I you know like I said uh, North Carolina A&T's was definitely my first love and uh, a, a couple of quotes to end that is I am because we are I heard that or saw that on a meme um, the Mbutu tribe in mm-hmm. Africa. They they use that phrase. Umbutu means I am because we are. So if, if I only can be successful if we are successful. Mm-hmm. So that goes into the service that you went into in your life, your career, your your just you in general. And then um, every adversity comes with it the seed of its equivalent advantage. And that's what I think we all need to to understand that's a a, it's a lot of words but like every adversity adversity is subjective (laughs) trauma Mm -hmm. is subjective Mm -hmm. like every adversity it it may not look the same for other people that it does for you but how it affects you in general like every adversity comes with it the seed the seed is is critical because it has to grow and flourish into that advantage. So we have to water it. We have to uh, get knowledge. We have to grow from that seed of adversity. And I tell people all the time, especially people of color, black people, African-Americans, that our seeds are really big because we have the opportunities that our ancestors didn't have. And just because of that, it adds on to the adversity because they were not able to, to to build that legacy or pass on that legacy of financial wealth or, um, you know, that security that a lot of other cultures have. And so that adversity follows us, but it's also the seed. And if we can nurture it in the right way and overcome that adversity, and the, the, the most important thing is overcoming it, if we can overcome it, we will flourish into ultimate success in whatever we do. But it's so it's, the circumstances are so tough. The trauma is so tough. The adversity is so tough that we often get stuck right before we we really make it. And, and we get that financial freedom. We get that that uh, build that legacy for our other people. And I just I just think that's that's powerful what you said. And. I I didn't go to an HBCU, but um, I do appreciate uh, like all the HBCUs and um, and just the people that come out of y'all y'all are like a like y'all inspire me because I didn't get that like nobody poured into me and celebrated me in the environments that I was in like they celebrated me to an extent but they yeah. didn't they didn't look at me like. This person is powerful. Even the, the current situation, or not situation, but the current position that I'm in, like, I'm really powerful because 
we teach 86% majority minority students, you know, and wow. there's only two black males, young black males in the whole school. Man. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and then I have an understanding that, that, that can teach them how to be successful all the way through. And are you still there? Thank you. I appreciate you coming on and and sharing your uh financial expertise with with my audience and and, and man I enjoy having you on man we we'll probably have to do this again in, in like six months to see where we all at you know yeah yeah <laughs> I, I I'd really appreciate you making time to speak with me um uh, you know and anytime anytime you um you want to have me on I, I humbly accept man you've got to. Uh, my schedule is clear uh, for for you, and uh, you know the success is my religion podcast. Um, I want to say uh, before we got disconnected, I was hoping to you know let folks know mm-hmm. if they ha- didn't read the first uh, first edition of the you know HBCU experience to make sure that they go and uh, pick up this copy uh, because they're in for a treat. Man, I man, I'm glad you said that. Like you are, man get these books man we had some technical difficulties i hope y'all got enough value out of this podcast episode man truly amazing people coming on this podcast i hope you are getting some nuggets of information that is helping you in your success journey if you have any questions comments or concerns please let me know let me know in the um the the the, um, the ratings. Let me know if this podcast is is worth it. I'm gonna keep doing it, but just let me know. Um, I'm sorry again about the uh, the technical difficulties, but you know we we get it done. No matter what, work hard, work hard, sleep less. That's what I say. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Success is My Religion podcast. Go ahead and hit that five stars and leave me a review. And be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at Work Hard Movement.